What up, guys? Well, you only get one life. At least that's what Hebrews 9.23 says. Are you looking for how to make a larger impact with your life? We're going to look at three questions you can ask to develop your spiritual gifts so you can focus on doing what only you can do. And it's coming up right now. You know, one of my core convictions is that the body of Christ needs more and more leaders. That's why I want to help connect your Bible to your leadership and your leadership to your Bible. By the way, I've got a free resource waiting for you over at BibleLeadership.com. It's a free ebook called How to Attract Positive Change. I think it's really going to help you go ahead and pick yours up today. Hey, commencement speakers are always telling young people to follow their passions. They'll say stuff like, be true to yourself. And absolutely do that. There's some value to that statement. If by that statement you mean don't waste your life on being someone else. But if they really mean always prioritize yourself first, this is a vision of life that begins with self and ends with self. And the spiritually mature, they don't ask, what do I want from life? They ask, what is God asking of me from my life? So can I shoot straight with you? I fear for Christians that are essentially only asking what they want and burying their spiritual gifts in the sand. This is why I believe it's the priority of every believer to discover their spiritual gifts and use them to the degree that they understand. So what are spiritual gifts? Well, your gifts reveal a lot about what you're supposed to be doing on the planet. A spiritual gift is a contributing gift. It's kind of like a talent, but the power is from God, not from you. And this gift is for building up the body of Christ. See, you are for something. You are not purposeless. You have a significant role here that God wants you to do on earth. According to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, every believer is given a gift mix that is for the profit of the whole church. It's to build up the body. God sovereignly chooses the gifts and callings that we have as individuals and in specific local, local churches. But if you're a Christian, you have at least one, probably two or three. And the greatest thing that you can do is strengthen the church with this nuanced, supercharged expression of God's loving power. You know, it is true that God doesn't need us in a theological sense, but many of us underestimate the importance of our gifts to the progress of the body of Christ. Here's the thing, without effort toward discovering and using our spiritual gifts, there is so much fruit that we're leaving in seed form on the table that will never come forth even though God wanted it to come forth. Your job and my job is to pursue fruitfulness through our gift mix in partnership with others. So the question is, will developing your spiritual gifts be a priority for you? Okay, your spiritual gifts can be discovered by asking three questions. Number one, affinity. What am I drawn to? This isn't the only important question, but it's a great place to start. What do you have affinity for? What seems to be subtly pulling you? What lights you up? What human needs do you resonate with? What interests you? What are your passions? What are you drawn to? Another way to ask it is, what bothers me? What is wrong that I want to fix? Now, it's really important to remember humility here. You 
and I being drawn to something doesn't necessarily mean that we're good at it yet. There may be people doing the gifts that we're interested in, and they were around long before we showed up. So one of the most important things that we can do is to present ourselves as teachable when it comes to spiritual gifts. We'll develop a lot more slowly if we have to learn everything on our own. And I've just found, man, if we come off as know-it-alls to older, wiser Christians, many of them, bless their hearts, they will just wait until we're broken, i.e. get humbled through many trials and get a little more softened, get a little more teachable before they'll try to teach us again. So even so, God guides us through our interests. Think about Moses. Moses turned aside to get a closer look at the burning bush. Um, he'd seen a lot of bushes burning in the past, but this one wasn't burning up. But it was still his interest that led him to have that encounter with God. So what are you interested in? Number one, affinity. What am I drawn to? Number two, ability. What do I have the ability to do well? This means, what do people say that I'm effective at? There's a trail of people being helped when I'm actually really effective. God often hides our impact from us to keep us humble, but it's helpful to make sure someone is actually benefiting from the things we think we're gifted at. If you have gift of helps, well, people are gonna be helped. Do you have gifts of administration? Well, you're probably going to be bringing order in a way that is beneficial, or you have those kinds of impulses, or you dabble in that and it seems to go well. If you're a leader, you'll notice that people are following you. Sometimes we, We've been told that we're a leader, but we haven't actually developed the um, people skills to be a leader. So that one takes a little time to figure out. But ultimately, you're going to notice because there's people who kind of rally behind you to do certain things. So the question is, so far, where has it been relatively easy for you to produce results? Doesn't mean you're already great at it. Often we get a gift in seed form and it's up to us to patiently keep using it so we can grow in strength and power. Hey, let's remember, being gifted alone isn't much without faithfulness and hard work. See, those whose ability is growing will stand out over the long haul. Over time, the rest of the body of Christ confirms your giftedness. It's tempting to want to be an all-star. Instead, let's strive to be that person that may not get all the accolades early, but we will work all the other popular people, popular people, under the table. This is how Paul talked about himself. And he said it pretty boldly in 1 Corinthians 15, 10. He says, I've worked harder than all the other apostles. Yet it was not I. Here's the humility part. He does get it. Yet it was not I, but God who was working through me. Here's a pro tip. You don't need to feel bad about what you're not gifted to do. Okay, everybody's a solution for something. And God has chosen everybody to be exactly where they're supposed to be in the body of Christ. He wants us to work with what we have, not with what we don't have. And here's, here, check it out. God is aware that others are more gifted than you are at certain things. And sometimes he calls you to do that thing anyway. God knew when he called Moses that there actually were others who were better at speaking than he was, but it served God's purpose for it to be Moses. So you don't need to be the person that you would choose, but you do need to be willing to step out of your comfort zone. And then if we really want this to go well for our hearts, we want to thank him for the way he made us, for all the things we're supposed to do, but also the myriad more of more things that we're not supposed to do because we're not gifted at that. Here's a pitfall to watch out for. Watch out for gift projection. Gift projection means I judge others 
for not having my gifts, or I judge myself for not having others' gifts. In both cases, we're forgetting this is a gift, dude. Like, I didn't, I didn't give myself this. God gave me this. That means the effectiveness is coming from Him, not from me. Okay, so number one, we said affinity. What am I drawn to? Number two, ability. What do I have the ability to do well? And number three, opportunity. What is there to do here? Part of what God has likely called you to do is stuff that actually needs done in the church that you're already in. You don't want to demand that your church builds their agenda around the gifts you think you have, even if you're right. That's just pride. The Bible way says your gift will make room for you. So the question is, what doors for service are open here or where you are? What needs to be done in this life stage, in this city, in this neighborhood? Even if it's not your ultimate version, what can you do here and now that is a version of what you want to do someday? See, a key to finding your spiritual giftedness is beginning with secondary opportunities. Don't try to start at the top. Express a willingness to do whatever's necessary to the health of the mission. Jesus wants us to want what he wants. So even if it doesn't sound glamorous, what is the Lord making you aware of that needs to be done? Here is some good news. You don't have to be the best in the world. You don't need to be the best in the church. You don't even need to be the best in the team. A practice that will save you and I a lot of trial is to regularly thank God for who he made us and to thank him that we're not somebody else. Now, here's another pro tip. If you really want your pastor to love you, I'm sure he or she loves you anyway, but you know what I'm saying. Pray for the gifts that your church needs, not just the ones you would prefer. See, Jesus, he didn't review, I don't know if you noticed this in Luke chapter 9, he didn't really review what gifts the disciples had. He just gave them the gifts that they needed. Now, that takes a lot of guts to pray a prayer like that, but Jesus knows what is necessary to get the job done through the community of people you are a part of. So we want to go to him and just say, God, I mean, I think I know what some of the gifts you gave me, but give me whatever else that you want in order to get the job done. Okay, affinity, ability, and opportunity. Your sweet spot will be right in the middle of these. When all three of these factors come together, you can see that God has equipped and called you to do something and to move in these particular directions. Now, here's some final encouragement. Do you know your spiritual gifts? And if you do, you should use them. If you don't, you should look for them. Pursue understanding so you can use your gifts. This is what 1 Corinthians 12, 1 is all about. Paul says, hey guys, I do not want you to be unaware regarding spiritual gifts. He's saying, I want you to know and value and use your spiritual gifts. Well, that's all the time we have for today. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and consider checking out our Patreon page. Thanks for watching. Lead strong today.